Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be in a series um, over the next four weeks on discipleship. And um, it's called 2020 Discipleship. And I know what you're thinking right, there, right now, right? You're thinking, wow, Scott, that, that is so creative. I mean, it's so original. How did you think of the year 2020 and 2020 vision? That's, that's just amazing. I know. Try to keep up with me. I'm feeling pretty creative this decade. So... Gonna be, it's going to be amazing. So um, this chart, if you remember, not this chart, but the eye chart that's out there, right, uh, that you see, you go to an optometrist, and it's got the big E up there. It was invented by, by a Dutchman, and he was an optometrist, and he was trying to figure out how to help people see better. And there's, there's all kinds of little tiny fun facts about this thing. There's only, if you look at the original one, not this one, but in the original one, they only use 11 letters out of the alphabet. Which I'm like, huh, I never really knew that. 11 letters, they actually chose them for readability or whatever. Like, who knew? And then the space between the letters is the same size as the letters themselves. Hmm. For those who like font things and face. The rest of the, the fun facts is really borders on geek tendencies, so I'm not going to talk about those. Um, but the, the interesting piece of this whole thing is um, the chart is all predicated on where you stand, right? Where you stand in relationship to the chart is very important. In fact, there's a mathematical equation. This mathematical equation tells you where to stand. I don't understand this equation whatsoever. My brother, my oldest brother, not my middle brother who now is here in Ohio, but my oldest brother is a double math major. He's a math teacher. I'm a music teacher. I'm not a music teacher. I was a music major. Um, I'm going to stay in my lane. I didn't even call him up to ask him about this because I just don't care about these kind of mathematical equations. Like 2D tan, like, yeah. What this says is just get 20 feet away from it. That's what this says, right? So you have to stand, this equation says stand 20 feet away to get, and this is an important phrase, visual acuity. That's what you want. That's the goal, is visual acuity. So standing 20 feet away from this, you will determine scientifically your visual acuity. Can you read things that are large, and can you read things that are really small? Now, this is obviously not the real eye test because it gets really small, those letters. But visual acuity is what we're going for. And what if, over these next four weeks... And this is our prayer. What if we are able to ask Jesus, would you test our spiritual vision? Would you help us to see or help test us and see our visual acuity in the spiritual realm? That's what we're going to invite Jesus to do. Do we have spiritual, visual acuity? Is it really good and sharp and we can read everything on there, or is it blurry? We can't see it. Out of focus. 
I want to look at Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, it sets up with Jesus, actually chapter 3, Jesus has been baptized um, by John the Baptist. Chapter 4, he goes out into the wilderness, he's tempted, resists Satan, ministered to by the Spirit, and it's the inauguration of his, really, his earthly ministry. And, and it says here, to set it up, from that time, Jesus, in verse 17 of chapter 4 of Matthew Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for their fishermen. And he said, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And so his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Follow me. What does that even mean? Follow me. I don't know if you've thought about that. I mean, it's a, it's a phrase that, I mean, in one sense, it's not that hard, right? It's pretty simplistic. Follow me. Just be with me. And yet the more you think about it, or the more we think about it and ponder it, the, the deeper this thing can go. He comes up to these guys and he says, follow me me. Follow me. Many of us in this room would say we follow Jesus. Probably wouldn't claim to do it perfectly, but we follow Jesus. May not claim to have perfect spiritual visual acuity, but yeah, we, we follow Jesus. And I, I think to some degree the, the essence of following Jesus, um, it, it's, it's similar to this idea, I don't know, we all have heroes, we all have, um, whether it's in sports, whether it's musicians, whether it's a leader, I don't know, whether it's an actor, actress, we all have heroes, a writer, and, and if you listen to the radio, often what they do is they offer, hey, this prize, if you call in and you're the fourth caller, you're going to get backstage passes with this artist or this band. Isn't that awesome? Or you, you'll get to hang out with this athlete. And it's like, oh, that's so great, right? And you get to go and be with them, right? So the, the, the coolest part of this, right, is you get to be with your hero. And, and the implication is they want to be with you. And, and a lot of the times, they really don't, <laughs> right? I mean, you get there, and you're just, you're just another fan among 
a hundred million fans, whatever, and they're just like, oh, please. You know? But that's the, the dream, and the dream is, and, uh, is you would get with your hero, right? And the hero would look at you, right, in your mind's eye. I remember this as a kid. Like, in my mind's eye, if I got with them, they were going to think, what? I'm cool. I'm awesome. Like, I'm important. Like, they would discover me. And then they would tell the world, hey, you got to like Scott, right? And you want to be with Scott, and then I'd start getting my own following. I mean, don't you, don't you imagine? Oh, they, oh wow, you, you come and join our band. You need to sing with us. Or, oh, no, join my organization. I, I need you to be the president, right? Or, oh, you need to be on our sports team. You're, you're going to, right? They discover just how gifted we really are, and the world doesn't know it yet. But we know it. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. And Jesus says, follow me. This is God. And it's interesting because he does what we all long for, but you don't see in this world. Is he comes right up to people and he says, I choose you. I want you. I want you. And I want you, and I see you, yeah, and you, you matter to me. You're important to me. You're not just another number. I want you. Follow me. Not another number. Not just one in a billion or seven billion, but actually someone who matters to him. Follow me is essentially Jesus saying, I want you to be with me. Let's just be together. Let's do this together. This was first century, right? So the rabbinical school of training was you went and lived. You did life with your rabbi to learn, to have it passed on. You were with, with the full intention that at some point you would be equipped to go, but there's this whole thing of be with, be with, be with. Come and live, come and live. Relationship. To be a follower of Christ if you want to look at this in terms of 2020 visual acuity, it is Jesus saying, I want you to be with me. I choose you. I pick you. He wants a relationship. First and foremost, that's what follow me is. Jesus and you, us, in relationship. The other piece of it is this idea of not only follow me, be with me, but then the idea of that rabbinical training is to become like me, be like. 
It says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make. That's an, it's an interesting invitation, right? Uh, I'm going to make you into something. You're going to become like me. That's the inherent, uh, I, I guess, the, the whole transaction that happens there. What this invitation means is, is, and we use the word, right? We use the word like internship, apprenticeship, um, understudy. You hear that, especially in the music circles, the, the acting circles. You're, you're an understudy, meaning you get under this incredible musician, actress, and you just study under them and you learn to become like them. Apprenticeship, those things. Uh, the trades, you, you get under somebody and you learn how to do whatever trade and they teach you everything so that what? You can become like them and hopefully they're actually really good and, and right, so that you end up being really good at whatever you're studying or imitating. Jesus said this, he said in Luke chapter 6, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he's fully trained will be like his teacher. That's a reference to that rabbinical method of you pull someone underneath you to follow you so that they will become like you. He says it multiple times. He said it over in Matthew chapter 10. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It's enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. In fact, he says it even more specifically over in Romans chapter 8 where he says, he, he he gives this message to Paul and he says, God has predestined us, those who follow him, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. Imitation, like. It's not just to be with, it is literally to become like now, immediately. To what end? A follower is someone who is with Jesus. A follower is someone who becomes like him, like him in how, and he says it right here. It's not rocket science. It's at the very beginning. You're going to become like me. I'm going to teach you this. Fish for people. Fish for people. It's not hard. And what does that look like? Well, he, he goes throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. Time out. Like, I thought we were in Israel. Syria. Like, what's your first impression of Syria? What's your impression of Syria the last three to five years? Place you don't want to go? Pretty messed up place. People, meh. This is Jesus. His fame spreads throughout all Syria. They brought him the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, from Jerusalem and Gia, and from beyond the Jordan, which... Now you're going farther and farther east, which is what we would call modern-day Iraq. I mean, how far did it go beyond the Jordan? 
This is Jesus. He says, if you follow me, I'll teach you to fish for people. What kind of people? What, what do you mean? Uh, the broken people, the sick people, the people that are demonized, the people who have seizures, afflicted, oppressed. He, he just, he keeps doing what Jesus does. Like, I, I think to some degree we're, we're like stunned, like, what, you pick me? And then what starts to happen is we realize, oh, you're picking them? Like, I understand why you picked me. I mean, I get that. But them? You're going to pick them? 2020 discipleship. A follower of Christ, if they're seeing it perfectly, they're saying that they're seeing this. Jesus has come to make us like him, which essentially is us pursuing people, fishing for people. Anybody want to step up to the line? Test your spiritual vision right now? Do you have meaningful relationships with people? Not do you know people, but do you have meaningful relationships with people who are lost? You know, we, I, I've heard, you know, oh, you guys talk about Alpha so much, and I, I will stop talking about Alpha when Alpha doesn't work, and Alpha one day won't work. But the reason I talk about Alpha is because a follower of Christ fishes for people. And it works at this point. It's not the only way. But when is the last time you've actually had lunch with somebody who doesn't follow Christ for no other reason than to love them. When's the last time you had anybody into your home? W with someone who doesn't even know Jesus. We just, uh, I just did a, a wedding ceremony. This is public knowledge. I just did a wedding here at our church back in December uh, of two people that just became Christians in our church, this place was filled with lost people. Somebody came up to me, and it, it was this awkward moment. They came up, and they're just like, hey, and dropped the F-bomb right here in the church. And I'm thinking, I think Jesus doesn't like the word, but I think Jesus likes this person. I think Jesus is actually glad this person is here. And the eyes went really big. Like everybody around went, you, you didn't just say that, right? And I'm sitting there like, you know, what do you do? Well, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm not gonna, why would I change that? This person doesn't know Jesus. I want them to know Jesus. And there's two people, and they wanted this small ceremony, right? They just, they wanted like five or 10 people. And guess what? They said, no, 
all of our, all of our friends, this is the first, we've become Christians, they know we've become Christians, we want them to know why and the difference that Jesus makes, and so they invite them. It sounds like it's right out of the Bible, right? They invite all their friends to a wedding party. Now, they didn't have big jars with water. I didn't turn anything into wine. It's a little... If that feels sacrilegious, that, that's what Jesus did, right? He filled up all the communion cups with water, prayed over them. Lord, just take them all in the water. If you don't have any meaningful friendships with people who don't follow Christ, I don't think you have spiritual acuity, spiritual visual acuity. A follower of Christ fishes for people. Not only that, the other piece, he says, Follow me, be with me, be like me. How to be like me? One fish for people. The other piece is, as you read through verses 23 through 25, it's, it's about the kingdom. In fact, the reference, this is the second time the kingdom of God has come up, and the first time was in verse 15 through 16 and, and 17. It's this conclusion. So Jesus' ministry is this fulfillment of a prophecy. What prophecy? Verse 15 says, the, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and the, the way by the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death on them, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then jumped down to verse 23 and he went throughout all Galilee, uh, fulfilling this prophecy, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And it goes on to say, go on to describe these healings and, and the kingdom of God. And this is the other piece of what it means to follow Christ and to be like him is, is not only to fish for people, but we bring the kingdom of God. You bring the kingdom of God. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And part of being made into a fisher of people is we are made to have the kingdom in us, authorized and powered. You are deputized and sent out the moment you become a Christian, not in 30 years. This is, this is that whole thing we went through in Romans where we're not old, we're new. The old is gone, the new has come. We are new, it is us, it is now. It's not sometime later. You have the full expression of the kingdom of God and are authorized to use it. Go fish with some power. Go fish with some good news. I think, I think often we think fishing is about winning the argument and just driving it into the ground. No, it's like he's just going to people who need help. He's just going to people who are so broken, would you help me? If somebody doesn't need it, don't go to them. Go to somebody who's looking for it. But everybody's looking for it. Fish for people. Bring the kingdom. William Booth, he's the founder of the Salvation Army. He preached this in a message. He said, what are you living for? 
What's the deep secret purpose that controls and fashions your existence? What do you eat and drink for? What is the end of your marrying and giving in marriage? Your money making, your toilings and plannings. Is it the salvation of souls, the overthrow of the kingdom of evil and setting up of the kingdom of God? If not, you may be religious, but I don't see how you can be a Christian. And 100 years from now, it won't matter. It won't matter the clothes we wear, the house we're in, the car we have, what job we had, whatever we did. It won't matter. What still will matter is God and people at the end of the day. And whether we really were a follower... And if you, as a Christ follower, have said this or feel this, oh, I don't want to fish for people, I'm with William Booth. How can you be a Christian? We have a, a couple here, um, and I, I just hope it's okay, I won't. I just want to, this is such a cool story. You want to talk about fishing for people, they work up in Nome, Alaska and work with a radio station that operates with about 3,000 watts during the day. 50,000? Yeah, during the day. And then at night, they crank it up to 200,000 watts and point it towards Russia. <laughs> they do like about a wide net. And they just broadcast the gospel. What if Jesus right now said, I, I want you to take the eye test, the spiritual eye test, and, and whether you're a follower or not, and look at the chart, the eye chart of following Christ. Do you see this with acuity or is it fuzzy? Jesus, Jesus was so clear. This was what he called them to. I'm reading this book right now. It's the story of A.B. Simpson. I invite the, the band if you guys want to come out. So I've read one book uh, on A.B. Simpson. He's the, the founder of uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance, which that's the denomination Freshwater is a part of. And... Um, I'm reading this thing, and there's stories in here I hadn't heard about his life. Um, one of them, he was a, a pastor in a church in Kentucky, a, a church that uh, became really respectable, but uh, stopped fishing for people. And he came in, and he starts fishing. He starts leading all these people to the Lord, and, and the churches just they don't know what to do with it. They're all excited for him but they don't know what to do with it. He gets to the point where he's just like, I can't do much more here if the church doesn't want to do this. He goes to New York City, Manhattan. He joins another church up there. This church had been started off as kind of like this mission church right in the middle of just a mess back in the 1850s. Just a mess. 
leading people to the Lord. That's why they started. And then the church got respectable and they ended up building, buying land outside of the downtown mess, just up, farther up island, built a respectable building, filled it up with respectable people, and then the city started to grow, and well, it started to become disrespectable, and the people didn't like that. And in walks this guy, and he starts fishing. He leads about 100 Italian immigrants to the Lord. And he says, why don't you come to church with me? And the church had nothing to do with it. It did not want them in their church. He's just like, he's just, I mean, you read the story and you can just tell he's just shocked. Like, what? How does, how does a church get to the point where they stop fishing? How does a church get to the point where they say, oh yeah, I follow Christ, I'm a disciple of Christ, but I don't want to be like them. I'll hire somebody else to do it. I'll pay my missionary friend to do that. Right? Great. Hire them. A follower of Christ is called to be with him and to be like him. We're going to sing this song. This song is a song about Jesus and how Jesus came to seek and save the lost, you and me. And I want this to be a conversation between you and him. Because if it really mattered to you that he picked you, it matters to other people that he picks them and finds them and he sends us.